It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. Welcome to the National Security Hour. I'm Ed Huglin, your host for this next hour, as we discuss George Washington's prescient and principled warning to the nation and how it applies to the 2024 elections coming up. It's critically important in this upcoming year that we discuss what our strategy is, how do we seize the narrative, and how do we take back America. On today's episode, I plan to expand on some real examples of how to win in this ongoing cognitive warfare that's going on both domestically and globally. I'll highlight some definitions over the next episodes this year. I'll give you some examples of the global and domestic cognitive wars. I'll dig into my application and analysis, the theories, and the operations of this cognitive war. And I'll provide not only my advice, but I'll bring other experts to also provide their advice and our assessments on how to win this war. I will continue to use my four-point strategy, which I offer in my book, The Cognitive War, Why We Are Losing and How We Can Win, to guide each episode and each discussion for the next year as we come up to the elections. So it's important to revisit those four specific points, which include seize the narrative, meaning how do we seize the narrative from the dystopian left and have our voices heard? Driving a proactive and positive legislative agenda. That's the second part of the strategy. So what policies or laws would cause the left to react or to draw back? What policies are required to fix the current situation of our state in America, the tyrannical state, the weaponization and politicization of our national security apparatus against we, the people? And how do we overhaul our national security apparatus? This is a perpetual question that needs to be answered. Because until we overhaul an national security apparatus, it will continue to be weaponized and politicized by us because the bureaucracy, and the bureaucracy is no longer beholden to the Constitution, for which all the public servants take an oath, because it's been overtaken by some miscreants, some dystopian, utopian lemmings of the left to then weaponize it against we, the people. The fourth point ties into all of this. The fourth point of my strategy is ensuring the resiliency of a republic, our constitution, and our freedoms. So what can we do to advance the education, the civics, and strengthen an understanding of the history, our history of America, our wonderful long history of progress in America to realize we are in fact the most privileged people on the face of this earth to live in such freedoms with a society ruled by law, not by tyranny, and to live in freedom. Now, in today's episodes, we're going to take a lesson from history that I've talked about before on this, on this show. 
what do you learn the most from? Your mistakes and problems and others. If you don't have to repeat them, all you have to do, all you really have to do is listen to history and look at history for ways to guide you for the future. So look at history from Washington, George Washington, in 1796 versus today's Washington, and how history provides us guidance, not only for the 2024 elections, but for all future elections. This discussion will bring out the key ways to drive the narrative for this election cycle. It will speak to the key policies that we need to be putting forth. It will buttress the need the critical need to overhaul our national security apparatus, and it'll provide us the insights we need to ensure the resilience and security of a republic. General George Washington, our first president of the United States, issued a principled and prescient warning in his farewell address in 1796. What many do not understand is he refers to in that speech this ongoing cognitive war. And as I've said before in the past, this war has been going on for a millennium and will continue until mankind no longer exists because it is a war between good and evil, between subjugation and freedom, between tyranny and independence. So let's begin that discussion. Americans, in my opinion, are far too often myopic, they're short-sighted, and non-strategic in our thinking. We live for the here and now, maybe a few days out, maybe maybe at most a month out. Some plan at a macro level, maybe a little bit for maybe a year, but very far few between. Now, this is a major flaw that we must overcome as Americans if we are to ensure the resilience and security of a republic for future generations, not only for the next 250 years, but for the next millennium. Our faults are amplified by an understandable but dangerous degree of selfishness in which we tend to satisfy our immediate short-term desires and our immediate short-term needs while we forego consideration of the long-term needs and the inherent risks, benefits, and impacts of our choices. So we take the instant gratification at the expense of our long-term benefit. This is not what our founding fathers portended for this country. This is not what they expected for this country. But that's why the Constitution they wrote and the independence they created for us was truly strategic in nature. And they put in place a document that's now lasted 250 years and it's going to continue to last beyond that. But it needs some care, some tending to, and some focus. As we enter this new year, a critically important election year, how and where can we look for guidance on whom to vote for to identify what the real issues are or to set our priorities on what really needs to be addressed? Well, the answer is simple. We need only to take a look to our past to define our future. In doing so, we must also listen we must listen, we must learn, and we must be willing to apply the lessons that history has provided us, lest we be doomed to repeat its failures. Our founding father and first president, 
George Washington has the answer. I'll get to that in just a moment. So let's talk about a specific example here of the type of dystopian left, the lemmings of the left and progressive efforts and what they're trying to do here. Sure. Before we get to the answers that George Washington provides us, we must understand what is wrong with America today. To many, this is easy to understand as we only need to look at, read or listen to the mainstream media propaganda horrors. Now, chief among these misprints is the Washington Post. The paper is truly useful, mostly as a birdcage liner. It's telling nickname, the compost, becomes clearer for obvious reasons once you begin to read this paper any day of the week. Yet I digress. <clears throat> My point is that I use this paper, an article from this paper, to serve as an example of what is wrong with America for this episode. Then we'll assess those ails against the warnings from George Washington. Back in the 1796 principled prescient and farewell speech. The article I'm talking about today is, is titled, The American Democracy is Cracking. These ideas could help repair it. It was written by Dan Boltz. It's printed on 21 December, 2023. And it's part of a series under the title, the title of the series, Imperfect Union. And there's a theme in these articles in the Imperfect Union. Because the whole point is to talk about the imperfections, the so-called imperfections of our union. But in this article, it states, this series of the Washington Post stories has sought to highlight the imperfections of America's union including the architecture created by the founders that in a modern polarized two-party system often gives more power to a minority of citizens than to the majority, or that leaves a particular group of people underrepresented. Now, let's digest this for a moment before we dig into the fuller article. My assessment is the purpose of this series is to undermine, to subvert, and demean our republic its founders, and do so by once again, as typical for the compost and progresses, as typical, by creating victims. Yes, victims. They push a false narrative about how many in America are being subjugated by a powerful minority. How many in America are being subjugated by a powerful minority? What bowl hockey? As is often the case, the progressive model of governance is do as I say, not as I do. And you'll see how this applies here. It is interesting the article speaks of the victim, yet highlights the efforts of one of the progressive lemmings to tell us how others can change the system and fight back. The irony here is the person that portraying this article is a victim. Yes, she's winning her fight. Well, so you can't have it both ways. How, he, how can you become a, a victim, yet you're winning the fight? It's on, you know, it's, it's just simple irony there. Yes, heroine and victim all wrapped together. Ah, the subtleties of propaganda. And that's really what this is. This whole series of the Washington Post, the Imperfect Union series, is, in my opinion, a series of subtle propaganda and disinformation. 
The article forgoes explaining why America is a republic vice a true democracy, as that would be an inconvenient truth. Okay. The article goes on to state, in 2020, the American Academy of Arts and Sciences issued a lengthy report called Our Common Purpose, Reinventing America Democracy for the 21st Century. The first of its recommendations called for substantially enlarging the House, noting that among the world's democracies, the United States is an outlier in the size of the lower chamber. So I must digress for a moment here. As we once again hear those magical Orwellian words, reinvent, which is often used in conjunction with, by the left, reimagine. As for the left and progressives, they must indeed reinvent or reimagine fact into fiction to create a narrative to support implementing their utopian, dystopian policies and objectives. This includes proposing ranked choice voting, open primaries, also noted later, later in this article. But why? Why are they doing this? Not to advance individual votes, nor democracy, but to manipulate them. To manipulate them. But that is why they must try to reinvent or reimagine damn near everything, from law enforcement to education to other things, because it doesn't fit the modus operandi for indoctrination and such. So the article goes on to say, Still, even as the system spreads, there are obstacles. An assessment of public sentiment posted on the New America website said that for more people preferred the single vote method of voting and described it as easier and fairer than ranked choice systems. Although that may reflect the fact that people are more familiar with the current system, duh, Quote, even when offered more information about the differences, support for ranked choice voting did not increase. So in simple terms, in this article, they basically say that people don't want the ranked choice. They don't want the solutions the progressives are pushing or the compost suggests. Alas, we must be all stupid. Therefore, the progressive answer is the solution must now be forced upon us non-believers. By reinventing or reimagining policies, as we've seen happen with our crime, our murder, our assault, carjacking, rapes, et cetera, soar across America, right? Why? Because they've reimagined. They've reimagined, but where have they reimagined? Mostly in progressive-led cities and states and counties, where those elected officials can ignore, reinvent, or reimagine the laws. And you've seen the effect of that, how wonderful for our society how dystopian and tyrannical our society has become, right in front of your eyes. Now, this article offers additional ludicrous suggestions, such as how to alter the Senate, as we see two representatives from well-known higher education indoctrination centers, namely Harvard, referenced here, when they say Steve Levitsky and Daniel Zavolt, both of Harvard, note in their recent book, Tyranny of the Minority. Get that, Tyranny of the Minority. Why American democracy reached the breaking point, okay? Alas, the basic changes aren't enough as the article then addresses limiting the electoral college, altering the Supreme Court, and enabling any and all types of voter registration, all of which of course are reinventing or reimagining our current system, which has for some ungodly reason served us extremely well for the last 248, 250 plus years. The purpose of these changes is simple. 
gaining and sustaining power, absolute power. Of course, they must blame someone other than themselves. So once again, they advance the left's narrative of a broken and deeply divided political system. And to advance what? Institutional reform. Yes, that's right. Institutional reform. So this whole article here lays out, and you can read the fuller article at the WashingtonPost.com. Just look for the uh, 12-21-23 American Democracy Voting and you'll be able to pick it up. But this whole article sets the stage for Washington's prescient and principled warning. When we come back from break, we'll talk more about that warning and what it really entails for the 2024 elections. Just remember, American Out Loud talk radio plays on iHeartRadio Network. You can listen to our media player from any web browser, anywhere in the world. We have the best-in-class applications available on Apple, Android, Alexa, all of these stream 24 by 7, and now you can get them and hear them on our podcasts and apps. So go to AmericaOutloud.news, AmericaOutloud.news, and get those and download them and listen to us. Thank you, and we'll be right back. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Welcome back to the American Out Loud Talk Radio Network. This is the National Security Hour, and I'm your host for this evening, Ed Hudlin. Today we're talking about the 2024 elections and what Washington's farewell address in 1796 offers in a principled, prescient, and powerful warning. So let's get to the real question. How and where can we look for guidance on whom to vote for, identify what the real issues are, or set our priorities on what the needs what needs need to be addressed in this upcoming elections. Well, the answers are found in a 238-year-old speech, Washington's farewell speech to the nation. Let's understand the definition of a few key words in Washington's speech before we begin here. First of all, power. Cambridge Dictionary defines power as the ability to control people and events. And principle from Britannica. A moral rule or belief that helps you know what is right or wrong, and it influences your action. 
principle having based on or relating to strong beliefs about what is right or wrong. A principal person, a person who has a strong moral principles, a person who tries to do what is morally right. Power and principle are two key critical aspects of Washington's speech. It's so critical that we learn from history as we do not need to repeat the pains of old. If we just listen to those who came before us. George Washington's farewell address 228 years ago answers the latter questions posed in his timeless warning about forces that will continually seek to subvert, to undermine, and destroy our republic. He speaks of the cognitive war without specifying the nature of this war, as it is a war which has plagued mankind since its inception and will do so until mankind ceases to exist. Now, you could follow Washington's excerpts I've talked about here and his fuller speech by just going to mountvernon.org, mountvernon.org, and look up not only his first presidential farewell address, but also the total and the collections of his Washington farewell address where you get the full text of his speech. Well, let's talk some excerpts here. In 1796, President Washington decided it was time to retire from public life. After two terms in office and decades of public service, the 64-year-old was care-worn, weary, and frustrated by the attacks of his political enemies. He would not seek a third term in office. I'm 62. General Washington is 64. And what a hell of a life he had up to that age. And what, what a heck of a lot of sacrifice him and the other founding fathers undertook. The website goes on to say Washington was not required to leave office. It wasn't until 1951 that the 22nd Amendment was ratified, limiting the president to term terms, two terms. In fact, many had hoped he would remain president indefinitely. Remember, some of them wanted to crown him king. He said no. But remember, Washington had the full power. He had the full authorities, but he had the integrity and principle to walk away from that and hand it as an exemplar to future generations of leaders in Washington. And it wasn't until FDR, a socialist lemming Democrat, that then usurped and tried to advance that power through three to four terms. But back to the Washington Post, on Washington, uh, uh, MountVernon.org. It states, though Washington felt the country was stable, many feared it would be torn apart without his leadership. The farewell address, therefore, was Washington's way of offering encouragement and advice to the citizens of the country. Now, he did this walk away. He left us with some very sage advice. For the task of converting his words, his ideas into words, they state, Washington turned to his wordsmith, Secretary of Treasury Alexander Hamilton. Now, side note here, Hamilton was a brilliant fellow. He was also a founding father a truly amazing individual. And I highly recommend Ron Chernow's biography on him. But back, back to Washington. Washington's sage advice wasn't about keeping power, but giving it up to advance the principles and intent of the Constitution and to set an example for future leaders of our country. If we compare his principled approach and gesture to today's political class, we see two distinct sets of leaders. 
Today, we see those whose sole intent is to remain in power, his was to leave power. Today, we see those seeking to lay siege to our Constitution, to subvert it and our laws, and to do so to keep power and to advance their goal of a dystopian society in a most unprincipled manner by obtaining absolute power. Many of our politicians and leaders of today lack the integrity, the intent, and principle of George Washington. For those politicians and leaders with a modicum of principle, you should be echoing Washington's warning in his words to every American as they go to the polls this coming November. They are not only profound, but prescient, and they should serve to guide every American's vote, their prioritization of the issues, and assessment of the candidate that's based on where they stand with regard to his warning. So let's review Washington warning. These are all excerpts from mountvernon.org. <laughs> the first warning, remain united. The name of America, Washington stated, which belongs to you in your national capacity, must always exalt the just pride of patriotism more than any appellation derived from local discriminations. What he's highlighting here is we may have differences in different things, but the thing that unites us is being American. And that's why for the past 250 years, America has been a melting pot. But what has the left tried to do? Make it a boiling pot. I'll come back to that. But the first piece of advice is remain united because we are the most privileged people on earth. The second, uphold the constitution. Okay, because first you have to remain united so you can work together. Let's work together to do what? To uphold the constitution. As Washington stated the following, the basis of our political systems is the right of the people to make and to alter their constitutions of government. But the constitution which at any time exists until changed by an explicit and authentic act of the whole people is sacredly obligatory upon all. Sacred, obligatory upon all. Now, he points out a couple of things here. Explicit and authentic act by the whole people. Who's trying to undermine the Constitution? It's not the whole people. It's one party, progressive Democratic Party. It's going off the rails. Be aware of political parties. His next warning. Quote, they are likely in the course of time and things to become potent engines by which cunning ambitious and unprincipled men will be enabled to subvert the power of the people and to usurp for themselves the reign of government. They are likely in the course of time and things to become potent engines by which cunning, ambitious, and unprincipled men will be enabled to subvert the power of the people and usurp for themselves the reins of government. And what do we see today? We don't have public servants. We have people in public office who believe you, the people, serve them. His next warning, stick to our morals. Quote, of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. Religion and morality are indispensable supports. Yet today we've seen Christians, Jews, and others under attack for their belief in God. 
Next warning, value education. Value education, promote them as an objective primary importance institutions for the general diffusion of knowledge. Institutions for the general diffusion of knowledge. Now, in my book, The Cognitive Ward, I talk about the information equilibrium and the basis theory that underlies that. What's the difference between despotism and freedom, tyranny and freedom? It's the general diffusion of knowledge. The flow or constriction of information lends itself to either a dictatorship because it's being controlled and manipulated or to a democracy and freedom when then that general knowledge is diffused and advanced. General Washington, President Washington, admonishes America to understand this and then promote them as the objective primary importance institutions for the general diffusion of knowledge. Not the general indoctrinization of our kids, but the diffusion of knowledge, because knowledge is power. Next, balance the budget. $34 trillion in debt. George Washington stated, as a very important source of strength and security, cherish the public credit. But we've seen over the last three to four administrations, that's gone down to the toilet big time. It needs to be taken back, needs to be put under control because it is destroying not only the full faith and credit of America, it's driving inflation and it's driving the destruction of our middle class. His next warning, avoid, avoid foreign entanglement. Quote, observe good faith and gesture towards all nations. Cultivate peace and harmony with all. He was correct. We need to define our future to sustain the resilience and security of our republic. And in doing so, we need to observe good faith and justice towards all nations and cultivate peace and harmony with all. Yet when those securities and freedoms are threatened, we need to take action. But Washington warns about foreign entanglement, and I'll come back to each of these warnings and how they apply today in just a few minutes. His next comment, forgive my mistakes. Quote, I shall also carry with me the hope that my country will never cease to view my ears with indulgence in that after 45 years of my life dedicated to its service with an upright zeal, the faults of an incompetent abilities will be consigned to oblivion and myself must soon be the mansions of rest. So here is the greatest leader in the world leaving power based on principle and leaving it behind. And when he does so, ask for forgiveness for any mistakes he has made. Where the hell do you hear that in Washington of today? Nobody ever admits their mistakes. Now, Washington concludes his address on MountBernard.org by asking his countrymen to give to forgive his failures. They were by no means intentional. Now that he has shared these counsels of an old friend and an affectionate friend, Washington says he looks forward to joining his fellow citizens in reaping the rewards of this free government which he helped establish over the 45 years of his public service. I mean, just amazing, just amazing. 1796, 238 years ago, remain united, uphold the constitution, beware political parties, 
stick to our morals, value education, balance the budget, avoid foreign entanglement, and forgive me for my mistakes. If that's not prescient, principled, and powerful, I don't know what is. When I read that here recently again, as I was doing different research for different projects I have, I was floored. But that, my friends, that, my friends, should be the guiding guiding rails and light that we use as we look forward to here for 2024 in the 2024 elections. <clears throat> so if we go on to this next segment before we do, just think about that history. Just think about what that man went through. He didn't have the internet. He didn't have the benefits of today's society. The house he lived in, Mount Vernon, was full of workmen and housed all sorts of other people there. Okay, he had little privacy. But yet he spent his 45 years, most of it away from Mount Vernon, serving the public, serving the people. Why? To gain our freedom, our independence. So whatever his faults, whatever his faults and stuff, he asked for the forgiveness. And whatever his faults, he gave up absolute power. To what? To be with the people, to be at rest, and to advance our constitution and the intent of our constitution and to serve as an example for future presidents. So let's look at some parallels to today. So Washington 1796 warnings, very prescient are they, but let's dissect each of his warnings and how they can guide your vote, your decision, and your priorities, not only for 2024, this election, but for all future elections. And this is why history is so freaking fantastic because it's amazingly what you could learn from history, what you can reap from history, if only you're willing to learn and open your eyes. And too many of our Zen Zers, Generation X and other folks, remain dumb, blind, and deaf to history. So I'm gonna go through each of Washington's warnings and talk about what's happening today in America and why his warning was prescient. Let's start with remain united. As we constantly hear from the left, echoed by the lemming of the right, echoed by lemmings on the right as well, about how divided we are. Well, if you look at America, that's an outright lie. While we have political differences, the fact is that 70 to 80% of Americans believe we are on the wrong track speaks to that underlying unity. The fact that the majority sees our open borders is a major security issue. The lockdowns and indoctrination of our children, the sexualization and grooming of our children, the defunding of police, they see that as wrongheaded speak to the unity. Our love of country, sports, caring for our neighbors via donations of time and money all speak to the melting pot we call America and not to the boiling pot, which the progressives, which, which you want to believe. But if you have a melting pot and you have a unified America, which is what Washington portended and hoped for and advised, well, then you can't put in dystopian policies, utopian dreams, and tyranny, because the Americans, the majority, the silent majority, will push back because they understand remaining united is a key. So as you go to work each day and you go back and forth to work, you walk around the city each day, 
Are we in constant street fights and battles in a civil war? No. But they want you to believe that. So they fester that. They foster that. And they foster those divisions by creating buckets, buckets of swill that they feed to the people for them to feel victimized, much like the Washington Compost article. So when we come back from break, we'll go through the rest of Washington's warnings and how they relate to today. Be sure to make AmericaOutloud.news your daily stop for all the latest news and podcasts and happenings. We must all do our part to share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so we can help secure America's future. We'll be right back. We stand at the gates of hell that global tyrants have thrust upon us. We invite you to join us to seal shut those gates and stamp out evil so that mankind may live freely. AmericaOutloud.news is your inspiration source to join the fight to take America back from the world's greatest oppressors. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out americaoutloud.shop, look for ASEA Cell Signaling Molecules Liquid Supplement, and check out Nurse Michelle's recent favorite ASEA product, Renew 28 Revitalizing Redox Gel, because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when I broke my hip. Give it a try for your aches and pains and let Nurses Out Loud hear how your health has improved. Welcome back to Mass Security Hour. I'm Ed Huglin, your host for this evening. We're going over Washington, George Washington's 1796 farewell speech to the nation and how that applies to today's 2024 elections and future elections. And we went through his different warnings, very prescient warnings. And right now we're going to continue on going through these as how they relate to America today. So we always talk, already talked about remaining united. His next warning, uphold the constitution. But what do we see in the out of control effort exemplified by the compost articles? Okay. And the progressive left to demean, to undermine and to get rid of the constitution. We see this same assault on all three branches of government, the legislative, the judicial, and the executive for those 
who don't know history, don't know our constitution. We see these assaults with efforts to undermine respect for and pack our Supreme Court as well. We see the progressives weaponize the executive branch, the Department of Justice, the IRS, the FBI, the Fascist Bureau of Intimidation against the judicial legislative branches. As they hold demonstrations against SCOTUS homes, they do not denounce the attempted assassination of a Supreme Court justice. They use the DOJ and FBI to spy on our legislative branches with those who differ from them. And then they also accuse you, American people, you parents of America. They accuse you as being domestic terrorists, all right? Not themselves, but you. They accuse Christians who go to church as being Christian nationalists, right-wing extremists. They accuse people who support Make America Great Again, regardless of who the party candidate is, as threats to democracy and freedom. And you see a dystopian, dysfunctional, demented president, a Manchurian president, Biden, go out and condemn half, over half of America for believing in our constitution and freedoms. Be aware of the political parties. <clears throat> now in Washington in this morning, today, he gave us a very apt warning because what do we see today? He gives a very apt description of the uniparty. Yes, the uniparty in which those elected officials who believe the public serves them. They forget their public servants and they abuse their power to advance their position, their wealth and their power. Now, progressive lefts are not alone to blame here. That's why I talk about the uniparty. We see the likes of Flake, Romney, Graham, Cheney, and so many others. Kissinger, everyone. So the political parties become a uniparty. And that's why you see a few people with spine and integrity in the House, a small minority in the House, standing up to this uniparty to force us to control our debt, to force us to control our foreign entanglements and other aspects. They are not the villains, but they're being villainized by the uniparty. Next, stick to our morals. <clears throat> the progressives use the issue of transgenderism, not to advance rights, but to remove them by canceling them and assaulting those who oppose such blatant indoctrination. They vilify with their Department of Justice and FBI, they vilify Christians, Jews, and families who reject the promotion of drag queen shows for little children who reject the acceptance of minor attracted people, I call them child rapists, as they continue to demonize religion. Why? To advance the moral decay of society. Whether you believe in God or not, you look at the Ten Commandments, and you look at the religions of the world, they're a guidepost to guide the moral responsibility and accountability of the public. So at a minimum, they are the means and the basis for our rule of law and for ruling based on the law, not based on man, not based on tyranny. His next warning, value education. Well, what do we see from the progressive left over the last couple of decades? Rampant decline and destruction of our whole education system, K through 12 and universities. They become indoctrination centers like Harvard, the Ivy League schools, more like the weed schools. They apply critical race theory 
and diversity, equity, and inclusion, other dystopian propaganda to diminish, not advance, diminish, but not advance education, to diminish, not advance human and individual rights. The, they protect the teachers' unions because they get money from the teachers' unions. They protect the teachers' unions while denying you school choice. They protect plagiarism over scholarship. Why? Because it serves the benefit of their woke leaders. They denigrate and call our constitution racist. They call our constitution racist. And they altering lessons on it to be aligned with the utopian, dystopian ideologies of the Black Lives Matter of Antifa fascists and Marxists. They call them commie fascists. But they don't value education. Why? Because education, as Washington said, advances the fusion of knowledge. Well, people are smart and knowledgeable. They don't stand for tyranny. They don't stand for injustice. So the whole purpose of the progressive left's efforts, the Democrats' efforts now, are to keep you stupid, uneducated, and dumb. And that's why you see throughout the Middle East and Arab countries, these dystopian nations being ruled by these dictators because they subjugate their uneducated people, just like in Afghanistan, to keep them in line so they can then paint whoever the boogeyman is, the great Satan in the United States, and blame them or blame Israel or blame someone else. Balance the budget. <clears throat> spend, spend, tax, tax. Spend, spend, tax, tax. As Vladimir Ilyich Lenin, the first head of the Soviet Union, in Russian Communist Party noted how to destroy the middle classes through inflation and taxes. And here Biden, my Fuhrer Biden, the Manchurian President Biden, has tried to follow that along with the Democrats every step they can. One cannot create dependent sheep fast enough. So progressives, so progressives are now allowing 10 to 12 million recent illegal immigrants into the country adding to the 30 to 40 million already here. Now, for the 10 to 12 million coming in, at a minimum, over the next decade or so, it's going to cost American taxpayers $22 trillion, $22 trillion plus dollars based on the cost to raise a kid to pay for it for their free education, their free social services, their free health care, and their free security. And that will cause our $34 trillion debt to skyrocket. The tsunami of the impact is only now started to be felt. For the recent 10 to 12 million illegal immigrants. That's 10 to 12 cities of 20,000 each for every 50 states of the union, if you add the numbers up, very simple math. For every million people, every million illegals, you add one city of 20,000 people to every state of the union. That means between 10 and 12 million, you have 10 to 12 cities of 20,000 being added to every state and the union with the infrastructure, the social structure, the social welfare, the healthcare, social services, and education. But you remember in the 2020 campaign, every Democrat raised their hand. They wanted to give free healthcare, education, and such to illegal immigrants. Yet you, stupid American taxpayer, you have to pay. What about the 30 million plus Americans living below the poverty line? Well, they don't matter because they already have their vote. 
His next warning, avoid foreign entanglement. If we look at today, rather than understanding this ongoing cognitive war, what we see is the cognitive dissonance of our leaders as they continue to push for endless kinetic wars, for which we've not won a war since World War II. The Korean War, we had an armistice. So I'll give them that as, a, as an even bet. But since World War II, we have not won a single war. Kinetically, we may have beat the enemy, but cognitively, we lost every single war. Yet the cognitive dissonance of our leaders is, stup is stupendous. It's just amazing. It led to the invasion twice of Ukraine, and now potentially with China, Russia, Iran, and others, multiple other kinetic wars. Why? Because they don't understand. Our adversaries do understand the cognitive war. And so our adversaries continue to win as they lead us and play us like a fiddle. And that's why we continue to lose. Last of his warnings, forgive my mistakes. He said, we only need to look to Biden, Mayorkas, and current cabinet. <clears throat> that's all we need to look to when he talks about forgiving my current mistakes. Have you seen Biden, Mayorkas, or anyone in his cabinet, anyone in this administration, this fraudulent administration, anyone in the leadership of progressive cities and states talk about their failures or their mistakes? Mayor Adams? Bow Wow Bowser of D.C., the District of Crime. Mayorkas, who lies every time he goes up on the hill about how wonderful our border is and how secure it is. I mean, you can't make this stuff up, but Americans must start to believe what they see. Washington's humble admission of fallibility stands in distinct contrast to the dystopian dictators and lemmings of the left who seek tyranny and absolute power and who do not admit any mistakes. Anything that's a problem, they relate back to it's due to the people. Remember, look at Janet Yellen. Look at President Biden and Bidenomics. It's not because those policies are failing. What they're telling you, Americans, you're too damn stupid to understand it. That's why they're failing, because you're too stupid to understand it. And if you don't vote for the Democrats, you're not black, you're not Hispanic, or you're not smart. This is the dystopian methodology of the left. This is how the cognitive war is played. A warning for all ages. Washington's speech warned of this ongoing cognitive war. It is a war of good versus evil that is infinite. It has been ongoing for a millennium and it will continue until mankind ceases to exist. <clears throat> so I'm gonna give you a couple of key excerpts from a speech before we end today's segment. Quote, the unity of government which constitutes you the people is also now dear to you. It is justly so, for it is a main pillar in the edifice of your real independence, the support of your tranquility at home, your peace abroad, of your safety, of your prosperity, of that very liberty which you do so highly prize. But it is, it is easy to foresee that from different causes and from different quarters, much pains will be taken, many artifices employed to weaken in your minds the conviction of this truth. To weaken in your minds the conviction of this truth. As this is the point 
and your political fortress against which the batteries of internal and external enemies will be most constantly and actively, though often covertly and insidiously, directed. It is of infinite moment. So here Washington highlights the ongoing cognitive war 238 years ago. As others use their different causes from different quarters to weaken your convictions, to insult the internal thoughts and your political fortress, and that this war is infinite. Washington goes on to say, all obstructions to the execution of the laws, all combinations and associations under whatever plausible character with the real design to direct, control, counteract, or all the regular deliberation and action of the constituted authorities are destructive, are destructive to this fundamental principle and fatal of tendency. They serve to organize faction. They give it an artificial and extraordinary force to put in place of the delegated will of the nation, to put in place of the delegated will of the nation, the will of a party. Often a small but artful and enterprising minority of the community. And according to the alternate triumphs of different parties to make the public administration the mirror, to make the public administration the mirror of the ill-concerted and incongruous projects of faction. Rather than the organ of consistent and wholesome plans digested by the common councils and modified by mutual interests. So here Washington goes into detail to highlight how these factions will use it to give an artificial and extraordinary force, how they'll place, replace the nation's will with the will of the party, and how they do that to orchestrate and make the public administration mirror their ill-conceived and incongruous factions. And what do you see in Washington today? <clears throat> What's happened to our bureaucracy, the justice system, the FBI? It's a two-tier justice system. Just amazing when you think of this. Washington goes on to say, while then, every part of our country thus feels an immediate and particular interest in union, all the parts combined cannot fail to find in the united mass of means and efforts great strength, greater resource, proportionably greater security from external danger, a less frequent interruption of their peace by foreign nations. Hence, likewise, they will avoid the necessity of those overgrown military establishments, the necessity of those overgrown military establishments, which under any form of government are inauspicious to liberty, which are to be regarded as particularly hostile to Republican liberty. In this sense, it is that your union ought to be considered as a main prop of your liberty and the love of one you ought to endeavor to the preservation of the other. <clears throat> So Washington, September 17, 1796, in this farewell speech, warns us about the overgrown military establishment, just as Eisenhower did with the industrial nation. Okay. Eisenhower warned us, Washington warned us, both were generals. Maybe you ought to take a heed and listen to what they're trying to say. He also, in this last statement, talks about the greatest proportion of security from external danger is our unity. But when you have a Manchurian president who's allied with China, Russia, and Iran, and a Democratic Party who is also aligned, 
And you get governors like Gavin Newsom who greet a genocidal dictator, not with American flags, but with Chinese flags. What you see is a set of dystopian lemmings who are willing to sell their souls to the devil, sell this country to the devil for their own personal gratification and power. And doing so, how can they make that happen? By dividing America against us and them. But as I said up front, we're not a divided country. That's why 70 to 80% of Americans disagree with where we're going. 30% of Americans are lemmings and just retarded, plain and simple. The 30% supporting Biden right now have not a freaking clue what reality is in this world. Sorry to say that. And just, just amazing. <clears throat> so we must apply Washington's lessons for they seek and provide us wisdom and prescient thoughts for every voter as we go forward here in America. Lastly, I just make a note, Adam Schiff recently talked about abolishing the Electoral College and packing the Supreme Court. There's no better example of a piece of Schiff and Adam Schiff than this country and that Washington talked about than him. I'm here on the National Security Hour to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. I will go outside of the fog of the daily chaos to give you a strategic perspective on national security issues and speak truth to power, the power of we the people, so we together we together can best ensure the resilience and security of our republic. Thanks for joining us on the mission. The NAS Security Hour is the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America.